This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. Have you ever met someone that tends to make everything that happens about them? When they're slighted, it's a personal attack. When something goes right, it's their contribution that made the difference. When a task they were involved in fails, they look to blame someone else. It just seems like it's always about them. All of us know how tedious it is at times to endure this kind of behavior. Well, in 1 Samuel 15, we see all of these different ideas converge in one chapter as we watch Saul's arrogance and presumption. When he is confronted with hijacking God's plan for his own purposes, he immediately begins to shift the blame. And on today's podcast, we'll witness the consequences of this arrogance and pride, and we'll pause to reflect on our own lives to look at any hint of it in our own story. Verse 22 and 23 of 1 Samuel 15 is the verses are the verses that I would like to read today. Then Samuel said, Does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? Look, to obey is better than sacrifice. To pay attention is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination or witchcraft, and defiance is like wickedness and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. 1 Samuel 15 displays for us the tragic consequences of Saul's disobedience. I mean, you could see this one coming, right? He'd been ignoring God's input since the jump. The events surrounding Saul's being deposed as king are both tragic and unnecessary. It did not have to go down this way. Had Saul merely listened and obeyed the Lord, he would not have come to such a tragic end. Samuel comes to Saul and commands him to attack the Amalekites. He did this because the Lord remembered the evil deeds of the Amalekites all the way back in Exodus 17. This is the first time that Saul gets explicit instructions to attack another enemy. And so, as the children of Israel were proceeding to the promised land under Moses back in Exodus 17, the Amalekites attacked them. We are familiar with that story because as they were at war, Aaron and Hur held up Moses' arms in the famous battle leading to Israel's victory. It's the same battle. And the Lord never forgot the evil that the Amalekites performed against Israel that day. Now, some 400 years later, Samuel commands Saul to attack Amalek to avenge Exodus 17. Samuel calls for the total destruction of the people. But rather than annihilating them, Saul keeps the best of the spoils for himself, including the king, the sheep, the oxen of the land, and then he destroys everything else. By the time Samuel gets to Saul, God has already told Samuel of Saul's actions. And as Saul is talking to him, he hears the bleeding of the sheep behind Saul's greetings. 
For this disobedience, Saul loses the kingdom. This is just the latest in a series of bad choices and presumptuous actions, not the least of which was the erection of a statue to himself upon returning home with victory. So when Samuel informs Saul of his demise, Saul begs for forgiveness in the hope that the Lord will renege on his decision to remove him as king, but to no avail. Now, there are several things to apply here that we should consider. First of all, God has a good memory. The sin the Amalekites committed was hundreds of years removed from their punishment. But make no mistake, God will punish sin. He is a God of justice, and he will avenge wrongdoing. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, it may be 400 years from now. But God will not forget injustice. Now this should give us hope in the middle of a difficult time where we see injustice around us all the time. God is going to set it right. And when we live in the interim season between injustice and God's righting of that wrong, it can be difficult not to question God. Still, our God is a God of justice, and we can trust that eventually every wrong will be made right in God's timing. And we don't need to question it. And we don't need to try to impose our justice on it. We need to work alongside God for justice in the world. This is part of why God was so upset with Saul, right? I mean, he took God's mission for justice and hijacked it for his own personal gain. This selfishness was at the heart of his disobedience, and it's at the core of our disobedience as well. Because when we willingly disobey the Lord, it is indeed a sort of witchcraft because we stand in place of God and prioritize our plans in place of God's designs. Saul's selfishness and greed led to his partial obedience, which is really disobedience, which inevitably leads to pride in our own accomplishments. And that's the big lesson here. Partial obedience is disobedience. Saul's partial obedience in the mind of God was complete rebellion. Whether we choose to partially obey God or not, we need to recognize that God sees it as disobedience. There's no sliding scale of, of obedience. Either you obey God completely or you don't at all. Another truth here is that success leads to presumption, which leads to arrogance. If we aren't careful, our success will lead to speculation. Saul's experiences and his victory against Amalek in the wake of that victory causes him to be presumptuous. He mistakenly believes the lie that God won't mind if he takes some of the spoils. Saul should have remembered the lesson the children of Israel learned at the hands of Ai. Uh, we can't be so presumptuous as to believe that God didn't mean what he said about total obedience. That presumption will eventually lead us to arrogance. Saul is so proud of his victory, of his disobedience really, that he comes home virtually ignoring that disobedience and instead builds a monument to himself. This is how presumption breeds arrogance, and we become blinded to our own disobedience. When we experience victory in one area of our lives, we don't need to be prideful about our progress, so prideful that we're blinded to our own disobedience in other areas. When we find ourselves growing in our faith and knowledge of God's word, we have to be careful not to be blinded to small areas of non-compliance in the process of building monuments to our own growth. 
But make no mistake, our disobedience will always tell on us. It did with Saul, and it will with us. And we have to be careful of this, because our disobedience always makes noise. <clears throat> the sheep in the background told on Saul, and our disobedience will eventually tell on us as well. Even his confession is rooted in lies. Making excuses for our own sin is as old as Adam and Eve, and God hates it just as much today as he did then. Saul blames the people for taking the king and the animals, but it was just as much him as it was them. When we are corrected or held accountable for sin in our lives, we need to resist justifying it and instead own it and ask forgiveness for it. If we don't, we'll soon be constructing our own monuments of our own victories like Saul was. And when we're confronted with our rebellion, we will resort to Saul's tactics, justifying our partial obedience rather than owning and confessing our disobedience. It's not until we see the consequence of our sin often that we begin to backpedal and beg God to change his mind. It's better to own our sin and confess it before God. But God is, at once, eternal and unchanging. We learn together something significant about God in these verses. God is forever the same. He doesn't change. God hasn't changed his mind about disobedience. He hated it then, and he hates it now, and he will punish it. So, Father, as we think about these things, help us to live lives of integrity and submission, removing the arrogance and the presumption that cost Saul the kingdom. Help us to cultivate inwardly the man that you want us to be. You see our hearts and not the external. When we're corrected, help us to resist making excuses and to own our sin in true repentance. And help us to be the kind of leaders that you can bless in your own time because we are living faithfully and obediently to you. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.